If you are listening to this podcast and you haven't had the chance to watch The Mind Polluters yet, we want to let you know that you can watch it online exclusively at themindpolluters.com. The Mind Polluters exposes the graphic sex education, social emotional learning programs, and the roots of all this corruption in our public school systems, all the way back to Alfred Kinsey and his perverse experimentation on children, and how it was legitimized through publications and eventually codified into law around the world. Have you found yourself wondering where all these pornographic library books came from? Have you wondered where in the world all of this started? Well, The Mind Polluters answers all those questions and more. Watch The Mind Polluters today at themindpolluters.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we ask tough questions, encourage and inspire grassroots involvement, and pursue truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. I'm the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. I'm the guy. If you find this podcast helpful, be sure to subscribe and share the show to help us reach more people with this information. As always, you can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. And today, I'm excited to have a fun, kind of like movie review episode. Yeah, we don't really do this very often. No. But it was, uh, it's worth doing. A Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Don't know if anybody has gone and saw it yet. I would assume that most of the listeners have. I think a lot of our listeners probably have. Yeah. But in case you haven't. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. You can, um, I think that free tickets are still available. If you go to soundoffreedommovie.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get some through like the Angel Studios. They're Adam, Adam app. Yes. Which so- is. Kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, thoughts about the film after seeing um, it? I love the film. Unfortunately, we missed the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell them why. Well, like, <laughs> the Atom app that I was just talking about, it's A-T-O-M, mm-hmm. is what they were using. It's through, like their ticketing. It's their ticketing, right? So, when you go to the theaters, you don't see any Sound of Freedom posters or anything like that because it's not... Uh, like the the franchise distribution platform right it's it's basically they're basically four walling the theaters right so if, if you don't know four walling is an industry term for renting the space right so it's it's like you're you're renting the room out right and you can do that as a filmmaker if you've got content and you're not going through a traditional distributor mm-hmm. you can four wall theaters it's expensive it's hard to make a return there now there are other ways to do it where you're four-walling large blocks of theaters right and it was interesting to us and in fact on our way over to the movie theater uh i pulled up and i was looking at this adam app atom and um just seeing what it was because as we are getting ready to release dysphoria looking you know looking ahead of what's distribution look like what's kind of like the first tier and i thought wow this is really cool Mm -hmm. we'd be able to you know, put it in theaters instead of putting all of the heavy lifting on the grassroots organizations to gather the people, find the space, yada, yada, yada. You get the gist. So it was interesting going over there. But so we're in a theater three <laughs> that we were that was clearly on our tickets. Right. The ticket said theater three. And we're sitting there and we watched all of the, you know, commercials previews right. of so, other movies so we had watched what 35 minutes of ads and <laughs> yeah. the volume was near deafening yeah and then suddenly <clears throat> we realized that the pacing 
had changed and we were watching a movie called Flash. Right. The Flash. The Flash. Fr- so the first minute or so, <laughs> we're thinking, okay, one more, it's one more trailer. One more trailer, right? For obviously for The Flash. And then. And then Mark leans over and he says, are you sure we're in the right theater? <laughs> I just kind of laughed and I pulled my phone out and looked again. I'm like, this is this is theater three. So we go out and we find somebody and we ask them, you know, where is Sound of Freedom playing? Mm-hmm. And I show her my ticket and she said, well, that's not playing in theater three. And I said, no, the movie Flash is playing. There's like three other people in there yeah. with us. Good job running that crack organization there, AMC. <laughs> oh, stop. I mean, so on. so she finally she went and she said, Well, hang out here and I'll go and find out what's going on. So of course, so we so endless to, needless to say, we missed the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. But yeah. by the time that we got into the theater <clears throat> and watched it, it was a really well done. It was it's a well done film. I mean, yeah. it's it's cleaned through the purposes of you're not seeing any of the uh, real acts from pedophiles. Right. So given the subject matter. Right. It's uh, I mean, it's still hard to watch. Yes. Because just because of the subject matter. But they did a very good job of not uh, not going graphic with it. Right. You know, so you don't yeah. really see or or glamorizing any of that right. industry. Right. I was actually pretty shocked at the I because I knew I knew a lot of Tim Ballard's story because there are there's a documentary that they did mm-hmm. about the same story and about the founding of Operation Underground Railroad. And so I knew a lot about it. I didn't know all of that. I didn't know that story. Yeah, pretty, we, yeah, we won't intense. give anything away. You just got to go and watch it. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> just, just go and watch it just to have your eyes opened. Because I think a lot of the times, um, especially because of just releasing the mind polluters, mm-hmm. and we have seen that pedophilia is like the end goal, the, the next step of mm-hmm. of all of this sexualization in the you know curriculum that they're handing out in the schools yeah. and getting kids younger and younger to understand consent. And in fact, we I have a um, clip of Tim Ballard talking about that. You want to play that now? Sure. Go okay. ahead. I had to study their literature. This was a this was a political platform. This was a political party. And what I started recognizing is I I, I named them the I don't know what I call I called the pedophile network doctrines. Okay. Yeah. It's what, like they include things like separate children from parents because parents are a bad influence. The state knows best. Sexualize kids. Let them see pornography. Two. Karl Marx. Three. Take God out of education because that just gets in the way. And, and kids, consent, consent, consent. Children can consent to anything. At 12 years old, they should be able to vote. They should be able to do anything. Now, wh- what am I seeing here? I'm, I'm, my stomach is getting sick as I'm reading this. I read this every day. It's the woke left agenda. I'm not saying that they're colluding or talking. It doesn't matter. It's the same dark source. And they are ped- pedophiles are sitting back right now going, we've been pushing this agenda for decades. And now we don't have to push anymore because the left is taking care of for us in America, in America. And, and, and this whole trans voice on children, you know, again, I'm libertarian. Adults do what you want. I'll fight for your right to do whatever you want. Okay. In terms of adult, I'm talking about children. Yeah. And, and what they're saying is children can consent to having their bodies filled with a chemical that will destroy the reproductive system. Yeah. They can consent to ripping apart their genitalia. Like this is insanity. Why not? In and of itself, it's horrible. But what it's going to lead to is what the pedophiles have been asking for. If you can consent to that, guess what? What's more fluid 
than gender, age. So just that that was Tim Ballard, and I'll leave a link in the show notes for you guys. And he's talking about the trans the the transgender movement and the Biden border policy aid and a bet child sex slavery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was Tim Ballard, who the movie Sound of Freedom is about. Right. And so you can watch, please go and watch. You can also watch this this interview. Um, I was a little disappointed that the guy cut him off. <laughs> but but I thought, who's this interviewer? Stop, stop doing that. Let Don't do guy, that. Don't do that. You got a good interview. Let him talk. Uh, yeah. So definitely go and watch Sound of Freedom and you can see you can see why a lot of us are trying so hard to wake people up to what's actually happening and the evils that are being thrust upon children. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm like you. I thought I thought it was a great film. I thought it was very well done. Um, and I, when if if you, I think if if, if this audience especially knows, if you go out and you just do you know a simple internet search, uh, you know for reviews on a film like this. You're going to get all the trash, right? Yeah. And and I have seen the reviews where they're questioning this and questioning that and trying to tear it apart. I'm like Craig. I will. I applaud anyone who has the cojones to make a film of this caliber mm-hmm. about this subject. Yeah, he's talking about Craig Sawyer. Sawyer, yeah. if you don't know, who we just had on last week on the podcast. Yeah, um, because, veterans for child rescue. Yeah. So this is this is uh, it, it's a it's a it's an excellent film. Here's the interesting little backstory. T- little backstory about it. Getting into <laughs> yeah. the you know inside baseball. Yes, because it actually has been a five year process. Mm-hmm. I remember when it first was done. Yeah, a lot of us do, and nobody knew what happened to it. Yeah, I remember watching the the teaser a couple of years ago and thinking, oh, this is going to be great, and then it just kind of disappeared. Um. So the film. So I'm reading from. Turns out, bound bounding into comics dot com. Uh, anyway, uh, interesting story. The film, which follows the story of Operation Underground Railroad CEO Tim Ballard, has been picked up by Angel Studios, who announced in a press release they plan to release the film in theaters nationwide in July, which they have. While discussing the film with director Alejandro Monteverde, um, Harmon first revealed. Quote, this film has been through the ringer. It was originally done by Fox was going to be the distributor back in the day. End quote. After briefly pitching viewers to invest in the P&A for the film. Okay, so P&A in film talk, that stands for prints and advertising. Mm-hmm. This is basically, well, we don't do prints anymore. It's the marketing. It's the marketing, right? So it used to be uh, when you would do a film budget, it was... To, you would strike prints, actual physical 35 millimeter prints. That was an expensive process. Mm-hmm. Several thousand dollars. To get dollars them into each, the theaters. Right, to physically be distributed right. into the theaters. And then, of course, advertising. So that's PA. Uh, Harmon can return to the story about how the film was shelved by the Walt Disney Company. Going back to that story, Fox was originally going to distribute it. Then Disney buys Fox, and for whatever reason, Disney shelves it. And it took you and your team and Eduardo a year to basically get the rights back. <clears throat> right. And this is they're interviewing the guy from Angel Studios. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's who Eduardo is. So. Um, so interesting. 
I wanted to I wanted to bring that up, and I uh, let me tell you one of my stories about how often this kind of thing happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, not exactly the same, but it is the same. So in this case, so what happens is films are either <clears throat> when a film is made, it's got to be paid for by someone. Mm -hmm. So whoever pays for it owns the rights. Theoretically. I, I, I had to I had to chuckle unless you're just totally <laughs> unless you're the archers <laughs> radical and just go on out and do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, in a <clears throat> in a normal world, <laughs> they raise a budget. Um, so that's either a studio, which means it's somebody, you know, a company like Disney or Fox, right, that has they put up the capital. They up front. put up the capital and they have the distribution channels already in place so as soon as the film is done the advertising machine goes into the works and then it's right, scheduled and it goes and it plays in the theaters that's that's a studio right they've they've already fronted the money they've paid for it so right. they're the ones who own the rights right the majority of films that are made um you would be surprised at how many films that you have seen that they may have a studio name tag on them, but they were not actually produced by the studio. Right. They're what are called independent films, independently produced. And so that's, these are uh, basically diehard entrepreneurs that go out and they raise the money privately, private capitalization. I was thinking, wasn't um, like, I can only imagine, mm -hmm. wasn't, that was an independent film. I'm pretty sure that, that was. was picked up by Lionsgate, I believe. Was it Lionsgate or Lion, Paramount? Um, I, can't, no, I think I can't it was released to the theaters through um, um, one of those other. I forget the the name. One of the Sony? no, it wasn't Sony. The, so there there are several. So we're talking about you know distribution companies. Um, uh, so Sony Sony Pictures, they have their Christian, what they call their their inspirational line of films now that's called sony affirm uh used to be affirm pictures and then sony bought it and then lionsgate uh has done a good job of releasing some of these um lionsgate is a, is a pretty big studio um well we're off on a tangent because i can't remember if it was an independent film or not okay uh, carry on probably was I, I think it was yeah I don't remember now. And and then there's the, and then there's kind of the in between. So sometimes you'll do a deal with split rights, you know, you get half the money from independent, you know, from private equity and then, you know, with a guarantee of distribution and some marketing capital. Anyway, it goes on mushy details of you don't need filmmaking. to know and I don't <laughs> really care to talk about it. But <clears throat> that being said, um that this film was shelved by Disney. And we're talking about Sound of Freedom now. Sound of Freedom, Got back it. to that, is is not surprising. So I'll give you an example. My second movie uh, called American Real, R-E-E-L. And um, I had done my first movie in the company of men. Not a good God-honoring film. Don't go watch it. Just know that it's there. Um, American Real, which I found is actually free on YouTube now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oddly enough. Um, and the film got done. We shot the film in no, uh, November 
And that was with David Carradine and Mariel Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was my directorial debut. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I was going to be big and famous. Don't you have a button for that? I, I should. Um, You're everyone's problem. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, wait. I should play the applause or something, right? No. Go on. Anyway, go okay, on. Okay. So. Um, uh, we actually shot the film. It was finished in early 1998. Mm-hmm. If you look at the film's listings online, the release date is listed as 2003. Mm. The reason is because it got done and that it was independently produced. Okay. And so we got it done. And then long story short, they were desperate for a distributor because it was financed through a bank loan that was guaranteed by somebody's rich uncle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the bank loan was coming due and they need, they needed to be able to walk away from it or they would be on the hook for all this, all this money. It wasn't a lot, but enough, uh, enough. It was uh, the budget for that was $330,000. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't very much, but for an ind- individual, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And so they had to lay it off on a distributor. As long as they could say we found a distributor, then they were free and clear. Yeah. And so uh, they found they found the a distributor who would take it, but there was no advance. So the distributors, the dis- most distributors don't give advances. They just they say, yeah, we'll take it, and this is our cut. You get the rest. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they laid it off on this distributor, the distributor took it and, uh, then went bankrupt Mm. and it was, it disappeared for years. Nobody could get to it. Um, I had a master of it. So I did, uh, I, I did a premiere. I I showed it, I think twice here in our hometown of Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. Because we shot it in Fort Wayne and everybody was asking, it had been nearly a year and people were asking, you know, well, where is it? When can we see it? And I said, I'm tired of people asking and nobody had any answers. So I showed it a few times and then it was, but it wasn't, I didn't own the rights to the film. Right. right? So I couldn't. Um, So it took years to get the film out of Hawk basically because they had, they had signed over the rights the distribution rights to a company that then went out of business. Right. And, and it was, I think they had laid it off to a sub distributor. I mean, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. So this stuff happens a lot. So, uh, anyway, so no surprise when not a surprise, but, uh, interesting. But in this case, this was not due to bankruptcy, right? <laughs> this was due to Disney. Well, it was a merger, right? They yes, bought Fox. Disney bought Fox. Uh-huh. Um, now interesting here because we know how woke disney has gotten um disney has lost nearly 900 million (laughs) dollars you would think that they people would start to take notice i don't know but they just keep making it Uh uh-huh so despite this is from um msn i think yeah uh, despite CEO Bob Iger's call for quality over quantity earlier this year, the Walt Disney Company has lost nearly $900 million on recent movies, according to a recent analysis. The company's last eight films 
have suffered extravagant losses. Um, the struggles go back to the disappointing release of the film Lightyear, as the losses were incurred during the release uh, releases of Thor: Love and Thunder, Strange World, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, The Little Mermaid, and Elemental. Is Flash next? It goes on that list. I don't think. No, Flash is Marvel. Well, you know. They bought Marvel, though, didn't they? Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway. Is it is it Marvel or DC? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And I'm, I'm not enough of a comic book guy. But so Lightyear was where they introduced a gay character. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. I, I'm sorry. Looked stupid. Um. Strange World was with a gay character. Um, people are Black, just, people are tired. Yeah. They don't they don't want to watch it. I mean, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, totally woke. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Who even cares? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, James Gunn, the director. There was a blow up about him a couple of years ago, and he has done. I think all three now of the guardians of the galaxy films and his Twitter feed, he, the, the stuff he was putting on his Twitter feed was, it was obviously pedophilic, mm-hmm. the things that he was saying. And he was, uh, people were calling for his resignation. He was fired from the series. And then And this is what I always have to point out to people because, you know, when we, as Christians, we tend to latch on to, you know, somebody that, that we think is a Christian, we kind of latch onto them and we just love them for everything. Right. What Um, does he claim to be a Christian? No, but Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. Who's the lead. Oh, and guardians of the galaxy. Right. And everybody loves Chris, Chris Pratt because, well, he's a Christian in Hollywood. Yeah. Really? Chris Pratt said he would not do the film unless they rehired James Gunn. Okay. <laughs> well, and even if you, I had to go and look that up. I thought that's a, that's oh. a tall order. to. Oh, no, he's, this. Uh, no, but if you just James Gunn with two ends, mm-hmm. pedophile, and I just put it in a Google search photos of James Gunn at pedophile themed party surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, another article, James Gunn respond, responds to unearthed tweets about pedophilia uh, James Gunn endorses pedophilia in a thousand deleted, or I'm sorry, ten thousand deleted tweets. Um, the Suicide Squad director James Gunn named in lawsuit. Any, anyway, it goes on and on and yeah. on about pedophilia. So, ugh. right. So it's it's everywhere. So this is you know. So this is Disney. Of course, we know what how Disney has gotten over the past couple of years, and they are standing behind this guy who is directing these films you know guardians of the galaxy i don't know what the budgets on those are but they're enormous Mm -hmm. and they just keep you know keep slamming them out and they just keep bombing away i do think what's interesting too back to sound of freedom is that it also smashed um fourth opening weekend it was number one number one it beat indiana jones yeah which is kind of, so for, I have not seen Indiana Jones, but from what I have heard and read, it is terrible. 
everybody that I have read says it's a woke extravaganza. It is, you know, it's, it's an awful ending to a great character. Um, so speaking of go get woke, go broke mm-hmm. before we go to break here, uh, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> in case you haven't seen the controversy. In case you haven't seen this, this <laughs> is fun. The, uh, this is from The Blaze. The woke ice cream company, Ben and Jerry's, scorned the United States on July 4th, telling Americans their country, quote, exists on stolen indigenous land and to return it. Patriots and prospective customers did not take too kindly to the confectioner's latest anti-American outburst, with some committing to give the company the Bud Light treatment. (laughs) In the days since, the company has not only been met with high-profile rebukes and threats of a boycott, but has had its parent company lose billions of dollars, and at least one Indian tribe test its sincerity accepting the land under its headquarters. (laughs) Uh, so, so the, the tweet said this 4th of July, it's high time. We recognize that the U S exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Uh, the corresponding action plan on the company's website claimed that a good parade, some tasty barbecue and a string of fireworks, stirring fireworks display and celebration of American independence from great Britain were altogether problematic. Uh-huh. However, uh, let me fast forward here. <laughs> okay, reflected a, a market cap drop of nearly $2 billion. <laughs> you know what's really sad? And, you know, we can sit here and look at it, but there are real people's lives who are going to be affected. People who yeah. don't adhere to these woke ideas, yeah. people who are just working yeah. in these factories. I mean, you, you literally, they're, they're bad ideology and the force of, you know, making everybody adhere to these things. It's just, it's crippling families. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are losing their jobs. They're going to be losing their homes yep. and, and way of life. Well, and to add to that. So in light of the company's recommendation that quote, stolen land be returned, Don Stevens, chief of the Nulhegan Band of the Kusuk Abenaki Nation, indicated his tribe would be interested in reclaiming the territory on which the company's headquarters presently resides. (laughs) Well, good for them, you know. Stevens told Newsweek that his tribe, which descended from the Abenaki Indian Confederacy that reportedly once controlled the land in Burlington, Vermont, which is where Ben and Jerry's is headquartered, are always interested in reclaiming the stewardship of our lands throughout our traditional territories and providing opportunities to uplift our com- our communities. Did Ben and Jerry's respond? He added that Ben and Jerry's has yet to approach them or cede the territory. Oh, okay, well, there we go. Newsweek indicated the company had not yet publicly responded to calls to return the land and the he- where its headquarters are. Called out. Oh. Get woke. You're a joke. Man. It's this way it is. So anyway, so uh summary, I think, of Sound of Freedom. Um, great film. Go see it. Support independent film. Yeah, it was it was awesome around here. Look for free screenings. I mean, there are churches and other organizations who are buying out the mm-hmm. the, the tickets so that people can go and watch it. Yeah. So yeah. 
Keep okay, an eye on it. So when we come back, then we're going to talk about a uh, kind of a scary situation that we dealt with dealing with kind of the uh, outskirts of the child trafficking. Mm-hmm situation so hey friends we love hearing from our listeners who tune into our podcast every week we're always looking to connect with our community and create content that truly resonates with you if you have a suggestion or topic you'd like us to cover you can now write us at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash mailbox your support and encouragement mean the world to us and we couldn't do this without you thank you for allowing us to share our passion and knowledge with you link to the mailbox is in the show notes okay so <clears throat> so when we started working on dysphoria mm-hmm. our first interview for dysphoria which of course we've been talking about for a year now um was with heidi st john mm-hmm. and when we work on these films we this is a family adventure right so we load up the minivan Mm-hmm. And we take our three daughters with us and we make it into a family vacation, right? So it's kind of a workcation when we do these things. Mm-hmm. So the first interview was Heidi St. John and we're in Indiana and she's in Washington state. So we drove four days mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to uh, interview Heidi St. John. <laughs> to stay for two days. I think we were two days there. There and and then left. Okay. So when we were on our way out there and it took us four days to get there and we were going through Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So once you get past Lincoln, Nebraska, there's a big bunch of nothing right on the I-80 corridor. And so we're, we're almost to what's the next state over Wyoming. I think so we're almost to Wyoming and we're we're in rural Nebraska and we stopped at a gas station to get gas use the potties get snacks and um so we have we have um you know tried to uh, instill into our girls some basic safety protocols whether we're at a gas station or a rest area, nobody goes by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take a friend. Better if you take mom or dad mm-hmm. with you. And um, always, you know, teaching them to just be careful of their surroundings and things like that. Teaching them to have situational awareness. Right. And, you know, and our our girls are... 13, 10, and four. Right. So, you know, they're to to be the buddy system. Right. They're they're pretty they're old enough per se, mm-hmm. you think. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> okay, so back to this gas station. So we pull up and and I'm gonna give this disclaimer here that um if you have followed us and of course a few weeks ago we had Craig Sawyer on with Veterans for Child Rescue and Craig um, we interviewed him for the mind polluters and we've had chance to talk to him on other occasions about these things. And, um, as a vigilant father, especially with daughters, I am especially conscious 
of things like this. Very aware. Very aware. So uh, now I discussed this scenario, just part of my disclaimer here, before I tell you what happened, I discussed this scenario with Craig afterwards. And I, I said, am I being paranoid or is this really what was going on? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, with the, his disclaimer that he wasn't there, but what I described was likely what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So we pull up to this gas station. In the middle and, of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. It's daytime. Mm-hmm. But I got out and I'm um, getting uh, getting gas. And I look over to my left and two pumps away, there is a uh, an SUV, like a Ford Explorer, okay? With, and I, I remember this because these are the kinds of details that I remember, all right? I'm looking for these things. There's three Mexicans and a, and a newer modeled SUV with New Jersey license plates, mm-hmm. okay? So when you when you're uh, talking about situational awareness and security being security minded, what you what you have to learn to do and what you teach people to do is you're looking for things that are out of place. And and let's just say, um, they all looked up to something right, and not with the best intentions. Right, their demeanor and right. the way that they were right. just scouting the place out right and i do not apologize what we do is we profile oh yeah this is this is how you stay safe in the world okay (laughs) you are profiling people and you are you are making judgments on what based on what you see and hear and and it's not wrong right and not ignoring that voice in your head that's going something's not right here yeah that's 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 called survival so you're in rural nebraska and you see Three Mexican, okay, Hispanics. Yeah. Mexican guys. Brand new, basically brand new SUV. Um, So they're not, they don't look like migrant farm workers. Okay. No. So there are a lot of, a lot of migrant farm workers in places like Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I know that. And there are, there are large Hispanic communities yes. in Nebraska. Yes. We, we have, we made the mine polluters in an, a Spanish version just for People in Nebraska. Right. But that's not who these guys were. No. And it was obvious because they did not, their their dress, their demeanor, their vehicle, their license plate, Mm -hmm. none of it matched. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially when I saw the New Jersey plates. And then I'm looking at their demeanors and thinking, these guys are sketchy. Right. And they, here's another thing, another clue. They were not getting gas. They were not getting gas. (laughs) They were all standing around outside of their vehicle, (laughs) kind of looking around. But they, yeah, that was what the other thing you noticed. Wait, they're not even getting gas. What are they doing sitting there? Yeah. All right. In the meantime, then Mm -hmm. the girls exit the van, exit the van, and and they have to go to the bathroom really bad. mm -hmm. And so everybody's in a hurry. And I'm trying to hurry up and, you know, close things up because they're snacking. And so they get out before me. Right. And start making their way to the gas station. And I'm, you know, 10, 15 steps behind. Right. It's not like you said, yeah, go on ahead. I'm going to wait here in the van for no, you. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I knew that I would be right behind them. Right behind them. So interestingly enough, mm-hmm. um, the girls are go inside. Mm-hmm. And immediately there, I saw Elizabeth pause. Elizabeth is our oldest. She paused as she started to walk up. To the gas station because there was another person standing there mm-hmm. who was clearly with the people in the in the truck 
And this person was a female. And this person was a female. Yes. And um, so she goes in and the female follows them in to the bathroom. And so we've got one, two, three daughters that go into the bathroom together. And this female who's obviously with these men. Yes. Follows them in. Right. And here comes mom. Mm -hmm. And you should have seen the look on her face when I breached the door. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was, oh, (laughs) I I didn't I didn't know anybody else was coming in here. Uh (laughs) And it was it was very scary and it was very, very suspicious. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I stood out and nobody you're not I'm not leaving without my children. Like you are. Don't even. Right. (laughs) Don't even. Right. (laughs) So it was it was a very and it was one of those moments. And we and even the girls. So everybody finished up. We we went back to the van and there was a long conversation Mm -hmm. because even the girls recognized and understood their surroundings and what was going on. And, you know, and that's what, you know, our oldest daughter, Elizabeth, and she she says, Mom, I knew right away. And, the, and then they all clustered together. Everybody mm-hmm. was holding hands and and they knew that I was coming and they wanted to proceed without being fearful mm-hmm. because they all really just had to go to the bathroom. We're right. on a long drive. Right. <laughs> but they knew instinctively that yes. something was not right. Yes. Right. And the fact that the woman followed them into the bathroom. I yes. mean, that beyond anything else. And that was one of the things that Sound of Freedom shows Mm -hmm. is how women are used to lure these girls in to these sex trafficking. Yeah. So she was the one looking back at it. She was the one who was um, basically the the point man, right? Who would, who would work the store. And if you, and looking back at it in hindsight, um, because we, we started to, kind of decipher all this after everybody got in the van and we started back down mm-hmm. the road and then the conversation starts unfolding and we, and realize what has just happened or almost happened. Yeah. Very um, scary because you're out there. Literally there was no one else around and you are off of the main highway yeah. only, only maybe like two minutes off of the highway, but mm-hmm. it was a detour off of the highway. So yeah. a snatch and grab is very likely yeah. in a place like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't. And before you say, "Oh, that's not what happened," um, that is how this happens. Absolutely, absolutely, how this happens. They, and and the and the likelihood is that the attendant at the gas station was also in on it. Uh, probably that's, because that's, they knew that this woman was standing there. Uh, yeah, clearly. And working this, and because otherwise. We've both worked at gas stations in the past, right? <laughs> yes. even, even as teenagers, we would see that as suspicious and, you know. Say something. Say something. Hey, if you're not getting gas, you need to clear out. Yeah. Right? So that is what was happening. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I, again, going back to, I had this, I let a few weeks go by after this and I, and I specifically reached out to Craig privately and I told him what had happened. I said, am I, am I paranoid or is this really what happened? And he said, yeah. Yeah. Well, and in fact, in uh, the opening sequence that we did see of Sound of Freedom, they were showing um, in kind of that that open section of all of the real footage Mm -hmm. of children being abducted. 
just like that. Yeah. Exactly what we were describing. Yeah. People just walking up and taking other people's kids. Yeah. And so, uh, in, you know, in the, the real world dynamics of this, um, you have to remember that in a situation like that, um, you, even if you may be standing there watching and they manage to snatch your kid and throw them into that truck, how fast can they be down the road? You know, as fast, I mean, a mile a minute is how mm-hmm. fast they, at least, that they can be disappearing in any direction. And in this case, you know, and they can do this, they can do this anywhere. Mm-hmm. This was not in a in a populated area. Um, we were surrounded by cornfields, right? There just, was nothing around us. No, let me just go back to when we were in Georgia and staying at a hotel mm-hmm. and there was a young boy. I'm guessing he was eight or nine. And it was the most heartbreaking thing because we could listen. <laughs> I it, it's so hard to talk about because you look at children, mm-hmm. he's by himself, yeah. unaccompanied, and directly across the hall from our hotel room, you can hear screaming mm-hmm. and pain. And then the girls and I are in the elevator, and this young boy gets in. His head is down. He's he looks like he's the one who was just in pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, didn't you say he had makeup on? And he had makeup on. That was that was the worst. You know, and you look at these things, and it was another thing that we asked Craig about. I go, was this a this is a, a traffic kid? And what do you do? Do yeah. you uh, do you call the police to the hotel and cause a scene? I have no idea. And and that was one of the things we were you know asking. What do you what do you do in that situation? And in the complete opposite end of the spectrum, because because then you put the child in danger. Well, I was going to say too, but this was not a middle of nowhere dumpy hotel. No, right? we're staying in a. We don't stay in five star hotels, but we stay in a secure, <laughs> at least a decent. Yeah, you know, secure hotel or something clean. So this was a you know like an uh, upscale business hotel, basically not not a truck stop. Yeah. So there, there have been many lessons along the way mm-hmm. um, with this being, you know, a family adventure Yeah, <laughs> that, you know, just, just seeing real world. We can't prove it. We can't prove either one of them. Can we? Neither. No, I can't. I, nope. I, I can tell. I, and that's one of the reasons why I, I, we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but uh, because there, you know, you can say, oh, that's all circumstantial. You don't know. You know what? I don't have proof. You're right. They didn't snatch anybody and drive away. You're right. Mm-hmm. I do know, however, what I saw and I know what was about to happen. Well, and I think there are there are um, various organizations who do hold, you know, conferences or some sort of like little summits to help educate people on, you know, what should I do in this situation? Because mm-hmm. honestly, I, just just like everybody else, what do you do? Yeah. Like I literally, we go. the The only thing that we could do is go and pray. Like that mm-hmm. that is legit. The first thing that all of us did, we just stopped because it's it's horrific and it just yeah. tears you to pieces. And be, just the thought of it, you you can't prove it. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? Because you know, you call the cops. If this kid goes back, he's probably going to get killed. Yeah, like. What? Yeah, and and the more that you know about how these networks work, um, the I think that's one of the th- the hardest things to come 
to an acceptance of is that it's not a simple matter of, you know, the kid gets into the elevator with you and he's going to look at you and say, please rescue me. Right. Listen, at this point, they have so much leverage on these, Mm -hmm. these kids. So it could be threats of violence. They could have a sibling being held somewhere. They might've, you know, you say, well, you know, you can rescue them and send them back to their parents. A lot of them don't have parents. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them get put into these situations through the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of them that in order to get them to go along with this, they start drugging them. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the most horrific things that we're seeing coming down the pike is the state sanctioned kidnapping. Yeah. From Washington has passed the laws. California is on the verge of mm. passing the law where if you don't identify with your child's gender, yeah. they now CPS is going to come and take your kids away and they're going to be put in a foster home. Yeah. And and it look it up. Uh, like if you just go and Google, you can you well, can you, find where foster kids have ended up in, in sex traffic. Oh, and they disappear and they end up. Eighty five thousand last year disappeared. Yeah. So if you go back, I, we'll we'll put the link in the show notes. But the the episode where we had the audio from state Georgia State Senator yes. Nancy Schaefer, yeah, and she was working on this. She was on this, and then she mysteriously died. Yeah, her and her husband both. Yep. Um, these people don't play around. So what does this mean? It's big business. Yeah. So what does this mean for us as parents? I just saw something on Facebook, and I had to repost it. It was a man talking about an interview on YouTube with a pedophile and somebody asked him what kinds of things he looked for in children that he targeted. And he actually talked more about the kinds of uh, things that he looked for in the family dynamics. Mm. And that, so if you're talking about pedophiles, if you're talking about traffickers, they're criminals and what they don't want why do criminals not break into your house in broad daylight when you're home? Because they don't want. They, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be caught. They want to be able to get away with it and nobody know. And by the time somebody figures it out, they're long gone. So that's why they, that's why they pick on, you know, immigrant children, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I mean, that's a whole other episode, but that's why they're not tracking all of these kids that are being brought across the border. Uh, and the Biden administration just um, rescinded the DNA testing right. to make sure that kids were going to their proper families. Right. And so because, that's no longer. Because now nobody thing. nobody's looking for them. Yeah. If nobody's looking for them, then they can do what they want to. Mm-hmm. The, the good news is that the least likely to get abducted are kids that have you know, parents, especially that are, especially a father in the home. Yes. That are vigilant Mm -hmm. and that are, that they deem a threat. Mm -hmm. Pedophiles are terrified of masculine men, especially Mm -hmm. protectors. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to be. They're also just as terrified by mama bears, Mm -hmm. right? They do not want to get caught because pedophiles know if they get caught, they end up in the pokey and that's where they end up getting slaughtered. Yeah. Right. So, so that's, I think the takeaway is to continue being vigilant to, to, to continue educating yourself. Yeah. Continue educate. I know this stuff is hard to think about. It'll give you nightmares. 
Um, uh, and but you see that uh, the United States is the number one. We are the number one sex uh, tourism yes. destination in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happening in all of our communities. Yeah. I'm just going to say that in the U.S. alone, and I know it's gone up since then. But you know, Craig in um, in our interview for the Mind Polluters pointed out that uh, child trafficking is i think he said a 38 to 40 billion dollar a year industry in the u.s it's bigger than all pro sports combined wow that's how lucrative this is yeah and probably only gone up yeah i'm sure that it has so vigilance and you know not not burying our heads in the sands about this stuff is it's just important but so we wanted to share that story to help educate yeah Everyone, that's all I got. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening through to the end. And be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your friends and family. Until next time, march on, saints, and be filled with spirit. I don't like you because you're dangerous.